from Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, it's Mark Hershon. Welcome to episode 25 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, and we are coming to you directly from the Four Seasons Resort on the island of Maui in Hawaii. No special reason other than the uh, fact I got a, ch- a chance to hop over here with friend of Suckatash, Dana Carvey, as part of my celebrity ride-along program. It shouldn't sound too different, um, unfortunately. I mean, we are in Hawaii and all, but you might be able to hear occasionally the cry of exotic birds as they squawk from the courtyard outside my window. Um, But other than that, it's pretty much just uh, business as usual with episode 25 of Succotash. Remember, you can catch us uh, on the web at SuccotashShow.com. We're also on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. And we are now replayed at Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment, CWERadio.com. And uh, they replay us over there. Thanks, guys. Please rate us if you get a chance on iTunes. It helps us with uh, appearing up where people can actually see us on iTunes. So uh, if you do like us, please get up there. Give us uh, a hefty rating of stars, one to five stars, but uh, four or five would really be helpful. And if you've actually got some time to do a little essay work, write us a little review on there as well. Uh, Every little bit helps, trust me. Uh, you can also read my reviews normally as part of this week in comedy podcasts over on splitsider.com. Unfortunately, my review this week did not get online. Uh, I was flying uh, at deadline time. And although I sent my review in, it was uh, too late to get up on the web. Unfortunately, uh, I did a review this week of the laugh spin podcast, which I actually played a clip from last week on the show. But I did write the review, so I am going to post it on the SuccotashShow.com site right after the show blog at the very bottom. So uh, look for that, my Laugh Spin podcast review. Remember that you can wear Suckatash. Just hop over to our Suckatashery. The link to do so is at SuccotashShow.com. Over there on the right-hand side, you can get T-shirts, mugs, mouse pads, all sorts of stuff with our logo on it. Uh, if you've got uh, other kinds of merch that you'd like to see us on, like tote bags or something, just let me know, and I think we can work that out for you. And uh, just buy yourself a little of that, and uh, the money goes to help us offset our production costs. I'm happy to say that our fundraising attempts are finally beginning to pick up over at our Save Our Hard Drive drive, and uh, it looks like we might actually soon be able to afford to get this darned external hard drive fixed after all, but we're not there yet. So if you head on over to SuccotashShow.com, please click on the Donate button, throw us a few bucks, and you will be helping to uh, rescue a few trapped comedians, or at least the interviews that they did for our show. All right, uh, that's most of the blah, blah, blah that I've got to do. Uh, if you ever want to contact us, you can email me at mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. Uh, tweeting regularly, at Show. We have a Succotash Show fan, uh, fan page up on Facebook. You are welcome to join. And you can always call us at the Succotash hotline. The number there is 818-921-7212. All right, the core of... This episode is an interview I did recently with Rich Pinder. Pinder, as he is best known, is one quarter of the crew from the anti-semantic podcast Out of New York. 
And it's really one of the first interviews I think I've done on the show with someone who is from the world of podcasting, first and foremost. Of course, we do have some comedy podcast clips as well. Uh, we've got some musical comedy from John Anielio, and also, of course, our Burst of Durst, a classic Henderson's Pants commercial, and to kick us off, I've got an update from Dean Hagland. You may remember Dean was our special guest last week, and we focused on his Kickstarter campaign to bring his graphic novel Shock and Awesome into being. Well, this calls from just a few days ago. Let's, uh, let's talk about Kickstarter and how things are going. You've got 10 days left. Yes, after the succotash bump, things <laughs> went through the roof, of course. Of course. And, uh, of course. Then it leveled off, uh, I guess, after the listeners uh, uh, heard the... Yeah, all jumped on board, and now we're down to our final ten days, and we're uh, at about fifteen hundred dollars to go. So, almost there. We're almost, yeah, we're very excited. But the new development since I talked to you, I don't think uh, Dave Dorman was involved yet, was he? Well, you'd mentioned that uh, you had high expectations, but uh, there was no confirmation that he was going to be doing the cover for you. Yes, well, now he's fully confirmed. He's doing the cover, and at the uh, one pledge level, I think it's at $143, you get a ton of my artwork, comic books, signed autographs, and a signed print from Dave Dorman as well. Oh, see? Yes, and those aren't cheap, my friend. So for him to come <laughs> to that level, that is a crazy, a crazy offer. Well, that's great. That's great. Anybody uh, famous kicked into the Kickstarter yet that you've been sort of uh, surprised by? Uh, somebody famous? Uh, there's been a couple. Well, you know, some of them are coming in at one name, like just Angela. Oh, You okay. know, uh, she gave. And I'm like, what, uh, Angelina Jolie? She just was <laughs> her? I, I don't know. I'm just guessing at that point. Well, I think you start spreading that rumor. Just take go with the first <laughs> names and just say, yeah, that George, that's George Clooney. That's George Clooney, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, they're all they're all back in this thing. They're oh, really scared of them. <laughs> That's all right. All. Well, our our fingers are crossed, Dean, and we will uh, we'll keep tabs on things. I'm going to try and get this up in the next couple of days, so they'll still be about uh, hopefully uh, seven or eight days by the time this gets on. So uh, fantastic. We will get people to uh, back sh- uh, your book. Yes, shock and awesome. Shock and awesome, and uh, get themselves some swell original Dean Haglin artwork. And, that, and yeah. now, for the right uh, the right level, they can get the uh, the uh, Dorman print as well. I know that's two two things in one. That's yeah, very exciting. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much. I totally appreciate you. Give me the succotash bump yet again. Absolutely, Dean. Take care. Talk to you soon. You bet. Take care, Mark. Bye-bye. As I said, that was from a few days ago. When this episode drops, you'll have just six days left to kick some bucks Dean's way and get yourself some very cool original artwork in return. So get to it, okay? There's a direct link to his campaign in the right-hand column of our site at SuccotashShow.com or go up to Kickstarter.com and type Dean Haglin's name into the search bar or Shock and Awesome and uh, go ahead and help Dean out if you would. He's almost to his goal, so you can get in there under the wire and help him out. And if you go over, uh, all that money goes to uh, make the production of a graphic novel even that much better. So help him out. Okay. Next up, uh, we have a clip from truth or truth, uh, with John and Brandon. This is another podcast with semi anonymous hosts. Uh, (laughs) 
It's got uh, John and Brandon at the helm, no last names. And uh, I don't really have to say too much more about because they've sent in a promo that's also a clip. Isn't that handy? This is the Truth or Truth podcast with Brandon, John, that's me, and whomever we feel like having guests on the show. Feel free to check us out at www.truthortruth.com. Follow us on Twitter at truthortruth.com. Find us on Facebook and find us on iTunes. Here's a little bit of one of our recent episodes. I remember when I was in junior high, and there was a, I finally understood a song, and I giggled every time I, I heard it on the radio. Song Come that. together right, right now. now. Over me. What's that about? I'm pretty sure it has to do with ejaculation. Do you know what that is? An ejaculation, actually, if you look it up in the dictionary, is a very quick prayer. Right. So to the Lord Jesus. To the to the Lord to the Lord Jesus. <laughs> so it is perfectly normal for a priest to tell children to go home and practice your ejaculations. It's okay. perfectly normal for a priest to ejaculate in front of a lot of children. You are. You're using very correct English right now, John. Um, like, let's say, I don't want to bring up a sore subject for you, but on the subject of where your brother is stationed, if there was a priest praying in Djibouti, he could ejaculate in Djibouti. He could. Right? So there are priests right now ejaculating all over Djibouti. They are spread out from the east and the west in the corners of Djibouti, ejaculating all over that. They're not. I think they're pretty much in the middle of Djibouti. I think the ejaculations are pretty much centered. Right where the action is. I think there might be some ejaculations running through Djibouti as part of a movement. I think there's a movement. (laughs) All right. Check those guys out at truthortruth.com or on iTunes. From over in the UK, Essex, to be more precise, comes the Oddcast, podcast with Adam Barker, Will, and Ash. These guys tend to be movie-centric, and they're looking not just at new releases, but older films as well, and the actors who star or starred in them too. Part of the Pod Gods Network, they've been churning out episodes for over a year, and to them, anyway, they feel they've really started to hit their stride. Let's find out. Hit it, boys. You seen any good movies recently? Have any of you seen Avengers yet? No, not yet. I haven't yeah, yeah. either. Is it out now? Yeah, it's been out for fucking two weeks. Oh. Well, I, I, I still I, haven't I, seen it. No, I don't no. go to the cinema. By the time this, this airs, I might have seen it. So, oh, that'd be good. But that's going to make no difference to now. No. Because we're in now now. Oh, fucking stop. We don't <laughs> want to talk about something that might happen in the future. Because then... I've been lying. Shut up. <laughs> if we listen to the same right now, <laughs> they have they have the ability to turn it off. You can't turn it off. We can try and walk through the wall. <laughs> you can cut your thumb off. I've done that. You did that to try and get out of the podcast. You're like, I'm going to cut the thumb off. I'm going to get out of this podcast. And then you realise that, what's it going to do? Didn't work. I've got to do something a bit more extreme. Yeah, but no, I've not seen the Avengers. Um, I think I think I will probably try and see that fairly soon. But I'll yeah. just try and get it the Blu-ray as soon as it's out. Start a thing because I just can't be asked to the cinema. Because they're normally quite quick to to DVD. Yeah, it's not free cinema. Yeah, I can wait. I've got to see it. I've got to go see it. Cool. I'll be excited. They're already talking about the Avengers two. Yeah, the lineup for that. So, I haven't seen the first one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still excited for it. Are they, no, they making the second one? Are they the making the one? second one already? Oh, they're, they're, they're sorting out the casting, I think. Well, they've got to make also four two, 
That doesn't make sense. The way I said it. Fantastic Thor, Thor 2. Thor. Thor 2. Thor 2. Right. So I thought you said 4 2. Okay. <laughs> Thor 2 as well. Captain America 2. Thor 2. Iron Man Thor two. 3. So make another Iron Man. And, yeah. Uh, they're going to make a Black Widow film, which is Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's a different set, but there's uh, the new Batman one on its way. Adam, would you like to pop next door and change your pants now? I can't yes. wait. I'm, I'm, how excited I am for the Avengers, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, multiply that by ten billion. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean, I would do anything to go and see Batman. But if someone said, um, "Go and kill somebody," you can watch Batman right now. Would it depend on who it was that you had to kill, or you know? I might have a few ground rules. I've got a few moles. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to leave myself open to anything. But you know, I'm so excited for stuff. I'm such a geek when it comes to stuff like that. Dice. I don't usually get excited about movies that much. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't Compared to, like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Compared to, like, raping and pillaging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies about raping and pillaging. That's Eric the Viking. <laughs> I can't wait for Irreversible 2. You seen the Irreversible? You saw the trailer yeah. in episode 21 when you got very drunk and you watched it. Oh, there's a little bit of raping. <laughs> yeah. It's a French film that goes Yeah, backwards. I don't really remember it. <laughs> you don't, do you? You no. still never listen back to it? No, no, I did try and couldn't. Just like I tried listening to the last episode and um, struggled a bit. I do apologise to anybody. <laughs> that was the first episode to listen to. Mm. But there was a nice episode out there. I did a, an interview with Rebecca Ferdinando about a new film outside Bet. It's that fucking fox! Oi! <laughs> it's, it's a bit. Get out of my garden, you cunt. We hate foxes around here. You go real. It's a very mangy fox. It doesn't have a bushy tail. Yep, it's the mangy bastard. Have you got a crossbow? No. It's coming back. Excellent. Is it coming back? Yeah, yeah, it's just hiding behind the barbecue. Okay. Uh, Let's pause this in whilst Will goes and kills a fox. (laughs) (laughs) So, Will, you've uh, taken off your little red coat and put the hounds away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Proper British there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. Who went to do the trumpet? Tally ho! Pip, pip, pip. Oh, no, no. To be honest, if I had something powerful that would take it out quickly, I'd kill that bastard. But frankly, seeing as I've only got a little 2-2 air pistol um, that would just give it an angry, festering, long-term wound, there's not a lot I could do because I'm not going to shoot it with a pistol. You want it to be... You want to kill it quickly? Oh, if I'm gonna t- I would kill it. It's vermin, as far as I'm concerned. It kills my chickens. Uh... But I wouldn't put out poison. I, you know, get chickens, mate. Get your katana out, mate. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, fucking um, Game of Thrones. That's <laughs> not how you use a katana. I was trying to think what noise makes. <laughs> what noise would it make when you're gonna slice someone's head off? <laughs> That's the noise I'm trying to make. Bit by hand, I go. I think that's what the fox said, Dave. You can get more of that stuff up at oddpoduk.wordpress.com, or to make it easy, just hop up to iTunes. I have to apologize to comedian Bill Burr. I've been meaning to play something from his show, the Monday Morning Podcast for quite a while, but something screwy kept happening with my iTunes subscription to his show and it wasn't picking up every week. That's a bad excuse, I know, but I have a lot of podcasts streaming into Succotash Central every week, as you can imagine, and it just kind of got missed somehow. So he's a funny guy, it's a funny podcast. Bill Burr, here's a taste. 
You know what's funny? On my cable box, not the cable box, whatever the fuck you call it, the, the screen when you go through the guide, um, right above the Versus Network, you know, scrolling up trying to find a game, and you go three channels up, and then it goes to the porno channel. And, uh, you know, it's the weirdest thing ever. You just see a soccer game, a baseball game, a basketball game, and then it'll be like fist fuck part five. <laughs> you know? And I don't think that was by accident. Because if you watch enough sports, they got they, basically for guys, they got two things. They don't want to go bald and they want to fuck something. And uh, I don't know. I guess it's true on both those both counts, wouldn't you say there? Huh? Speaking of lonely, I was just watching television by myself, speaking to it as if it was another live human being. And I saw this commercial for this 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 new website called FarmersOnly.com. This is not a commercial, people. This is actually an observation. Um, it was basically showing, uh, you know, some couple of ranchers, a couple of farm girls, and they just walk in the fields by themselves, you know, playing with their face finger, playing with each other. You know, you do that when you were a little kid. You do that little thing where you put your thumb and index finger together on both hands, and you kind of do the little, almost like there's an invisible tiny screw, you know. There's some poor woman walking through like these, uh, a bunch of corn. You know, and the cows are all concerned to the point they're actually speaking English to one one another, you know, about each of them going, how the hell are they going to meet each other? And then all of a sudden, this wailing whore comes over the top and just starts singing, you'll never be lonely at farmersonly.com. So it's basically their Facebook. And you should go and look at it on YouTube. That's what you should do. You shouldn't work. You know, where do you work? What are you doing? Is it your dream or somebody else's? You're just a cog in the wheel, you know? Are they really going to notice if you stop working? If everybody else is working, why don't you just fucking, you know, tour to France, just sort of draft behind a couple people's today, you know? Take a fucking Monday off. So anyways, check out this video. And you know what's the funniest thing about it is the comments underneath it is the amount of people who shit on, you know, just immediately thinking how dumb people are. It's like these people grow our fucking food. Do you understand that? I'm sure they don't know where the rave is, you know, or who the most popular bands are or how to get from fucking Brooklyn over to Staten Island. Oh, right? They don't know how to do that shit. They don't know how to put on a fucking shiny shirt, right, and go jump on the subway and go down to Wall Street and make sure old people eat dog food for the rest of their fucking lives. Yeah, they don't know how to do that. You know what they know how to do? They know how to make, they know how to make corn, right? Or plant it so it grows. They don't make it. God makes it. And he makes that fertile fucking country. You know, it's got to be really hard to catch herpes out there. You know what I mean? I mean, it must spread really fucking slowly. Jesus Christ. I mean, you, you must fucking rub them up, at least two loads out by the time you get to our house. Just sitting there driving and driving. Fucking tornado, man. You pull over, rub another one out. And by then, you'll, I don't know what the fuck I'm going over there for anyways. Shit, I got more teeth than her. That's a deal breaker. Look, now I'm making fun of him. You can find the Monday Morning Podcast at BillBurr.com, also on iTunes, and you can also look for Bill's stuff on YouTube as well. Uh, next up, time for a little comedy and music from John Aniello. From John Aniello. From John Aniello. 
Analeo. Analeo. A description of his music on his website goes, His music sounds like John Mayer, Weezer, and James Taylor playing Dungeons and Dragons together on their iPhones. Here's a cut from his album Geek Dad, and it's called Let Your Geek Flag Fly. When I was younger, I was an outcast. I had strange hobbies and was always picked last. My style was my own, it was hard to describe. I did what I wanted, I had my own vibe. I like to be different, never follow the herd. To be just like others is simply absurd. Neither polo nor dockers nor loafers I'd wear. The product named after desserts were in my care. This is a call to the geeks of the world To play Dungeons and Dragons and program and pearl This is a call to the geeks of the world Come on and let your geek flag fly Come on and let your geek flag fly When robots rise up to conquer the world And march against mankind with their flags unfurled all will seem lost until the leaders seek the ever-present yet unassuming. On with the laptop, smartphone, and mouse, the cry will ring out from every house. We'll deal with the robots and handle them fast, because geeks rule the world, we're no longer outcasts. This is a call to the geeks of the world To play Dungeons and Dragons and program in Pearl This is a call to the geeks of the world Come on and let your geek flag fly Come on and let your geek flag fly Come on and let your geek flag fly <laughs> That is Let Your Geek Flag Fly uh, it's a funny song, but I'm really laughing because I know I'm going to have to try and pronounce his name one more time, and <laughs> it's not going to go well. Get into more of his geeky musings at John Anialio.com. I'm going to I'm going to spell it because I have mangled this poor man's name so much. It's J O H N A N E A L I O. <laughs> dot com. Oh, get up there and download his music, please, just to make up my sad, sad mispronunciation of the name. Uh, let's hear from our friends at Henderson's. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here for Henderson's Massageopedic Trousers. You know, after a hard day of announcing here at Studio P, there's nothing I like more than to come home to a refreshing interlude with my Henderson's Massageopedic Trousers. Henderson's Massageopedic Trousers are perfect for men and women who, like me, have a job that requires spending long hours on your feet or on your knees. Henderson's Massageopedic Trousers gently massage and stimulate even those 
those hard-to-reach places, providing comfort and release to thighs, calves, ankles, buttocks, and crotchal areas, even as you eat. If you're like me, after an hour or two with Henderson's Massagepedic Trousers, you'll be raring to go and ready for more. And when you start your day with Henderson's Massagepedic Trousers, you're always sure to end it with a happy ending. Henderson's Massagepedic Trousers, made with pride by the same fine folks who brought you the functional breakaway trousers and the ever-so-stylish turtleneck slacks. And they're made with the same fabric that covers official U.S. government restraining tables the world over. Henderson's Massagepedic Trousers, available online and wherever fine pantaloons are sold. And now, back to more of Succotash. All right, man. I am glad to see that the Hendersons folks are still uh, sticking by their uh, commitment to sponsor Succotash. Fantastic. You heard about that Japanese noise gun where it just plays exactly what you said a quarter second later? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, man. It's this new thing that they have in Japan, and it's like literally it, – all it is is a speaker with a microphone, and so when you say anything, it fires it back at you like a half a second later so that it confuses your brain and it causes you to instantly stop speaking. Wow, that's interesting. So that's their new plan for crowd control. I am talking to Rich Pinder, who is uh, one quarter of the anti-semantic show. Uh, by weight, I'm a lot more. <laughs> I didn't know we were breaking it down that way, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, we want to do it. <laughs> uh, Rich and I actually met originally on a round table for Comedy A Go-Go about podcasting about a, kind of almost a year ago. Nah. Eight months ago? Uh, yeah, like it was like eight months ago. I actually, funny thing, I just did an interview with Dave earlier today, too. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, for his show or for your show? For his show. How oh, funny. That's interesting. So, yeah, we're going around trading interviews now. We're not content with just trading uh, <laughs> bumpers anymore. Well, got to do something to uh, up the ante. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Next year, we'll just be trading uh, We'll be trading people between shows. We'll, we'll give you uh, one of our guys and... That's you send right. us over someone, and we'll see how it goes for a year. Let's talk a little about about the anti-Semitic show. We've played a few clips from you guys on Succotash before. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say, though, I, I love what you guys do. There's not a lot of people with that kind of idea where, I don't know, your, your show is bringing other shows to people, but at the same time producing original content, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's... And, that's, and yeah, I, I love it. I love it because we get to hear tons of new stuff off you guys, so it's a lot of fun. We meet a lot of new people through... <laughs> The people you meet. So I guess thanks for your uh, thanks for your drip down. Uh, wow, that really sounds unappetizing. <laughs> no, that, that definitely sounds like something you'd find on Urban Dictionary that some twelve-year-old wrote a description for. But uh, thanks. Yeah, it's it's really been an interesting process. You know, we've been broadcasting for a year now, mm -hmm. and between uh, like you guys and then people like the D Head Factor in Australia. And yep. the G and J show over in Belfast. Uh, there's an interesting collection of people that have sort of fallen into their own circles. It's uh, been very cool. I actually started seeing G and J. Uh, I'm on Reddit all the time, and I uh -huh. see that they're advertising on there. So it's kind of interesting seeing like, hey, I know those guys, and then I'll just start like commenting like, oh, you're so sexy, G and J. Like I have no idea if they realize that I'm like Rich Pinder from the Anti-Semantic Show. They probably just think I'm a weird guy that just comments all the time. Well, now they'll know. There's a lot of uh, different connections you can make without having to be part of some sort of network or anything. Just uh, people kindly putting links on their own websites. Yeah, I definitely like, I mean, I don't know, the network thing, it's weird. We, we've become uh, recently part of Podgods Network. Um, 
podgods.com. Mm-hmm. I think I'm contractually obliged to plug them at some point or some crap like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's the same. We do the same thing without trying to force advertisements on the show, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, I rarely play promos of any sort. I'll just play the clips. Yeah. Um, and we just started uh, getting rebroadcast over the uh, the Clutch and Wiggle uh, <laughs> group. I don't even really know that, that much about like, them. That sounds like something off of uh, Urban Dictionary as well. <laughs> it does. Uh, slightly and wiggle slightly and more appetizing than Drip Down. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing an uh, anti-semantic show? Um... Well, we started back in 2007. Okay. I want to say, and uh, like we just kind of started doing it, and it was so sporadic, and we got to about 27 episodes that we recorded, mm-hmm. um, and just it fell apart, and we were off for I want to say three and a half years, four years. So we started up uh, about last year, last. Not this past November, the November before, so I guess 2010 November. Okay. And we've been uh, going solid weekly since then. So how did the four – first of all, there's there's you, there's Drew. Uh, yeah, Drew Ice Cold, Ryan the Antihero, and Prado God. <laughs> you seem to be the only one who's uh, using his own real name. Yeah, it, actually, funny story, uh, Ryan Antihero, and I have to call him Antihero or else he will cry forever. <laughs> Um, when we were doing our, we, we set up a live show, one of our first like 27 episodes, we wound up having a live show at a bar and the local paper did a spot on us cause they were doing a feature on podcasting and they asked for Ryan's last name and he lost his mind. He was like, I don't want anybody to ever know my last name was tied to this, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, our materials quality when our own hosts don't even want their real names used on the show. Oh, that's funny. I've uh, got no shame. If you if you Google me, you'll find there's worse stuff out there than that. <laughs> well, it seems to be a common phenomena among podcasters <laughs> that uh, you know, I, if you listen to my show at all, I'm, it's one of my beefs. And it's fine if people don't want to reveal who they who they are. I, I understand some people have jobs and they don't want anyone to know <laughs> they're doing this or whatever. Although you know they're going to know their voices if you work with the guy, I suppose. Um, but it's an interesting thing, and people don't put information about their show or anything on their websites. It's uh, it's sort of like anti-publicity. It's very weird. Like, like, And I don't understand why people are like that. Like, Yeah, I mean, I guess you don't want the people you work to know. I don't know. It's very weird for me to uh, think about it that way because I, I have, like, a little flyer from when we did our comedy show up last year in my uh, cubicle at work, and – the anti-semantic show, I don't know if you noticed, but it's very close to another thing that's very negative. Uh, the Nazis were big fans of it, anti-Semitism. Yes. And so a lot of people will come up and at a cursory glance be like, why are you advertising for the anti-Semitic show? And then, like, the flyers got, like, you know, uh, this one comedian, Seton Smith, happens to be a black guy. Another guy, Sergio Chacon, local New York guy, happens to be a, a Hispanic guy. So it's like I have this rainbow of people surrounding this title that people read as the anti-semitic show <laughs> so people just really think like I've, I've managed to bridge the races into hating jewish people initially <laughs> when they come see me at my desk and you know and then i have to explain it and it's always fun and then it's like please don't look it up because i don't want you to know what my shame is outside of work 
So other than the, the acronym ASS, uh, A-S-S, what, how did uh, you guys come up with Anti-Semantic Show? Who's going to take the hit on that one? Uh, me and Ryan. Me <laughs> and, and Ryan. And what Most is the, these... uh, the basis behind it? Um, well, what happened was we were sitting around one day, uh, hungover, at a friend's house out in Long Island. And, and me and him, we have this tendency whenever we go someplace and end up crashing on someone's couch... Like, we'll wake up obnoxiously early at, like, 8 in the morning on the couch, still half drunk, hungover, and just just affixed to some nonsense. Um, Like, a couple months ago, we were all at a friend's house and felt terrible for him because the dude is the nicest guy, but his wife is there and she's pregnant. And we just decided to add funk to the end of everything everything there. (laughs) So, like, we're looking at all his DVDs, walking around, and just going, like, Oh, look, look at this. We've got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Funk. And we've got War Funk and UH Funk, the Boondock Funk. And so, like, we'll do obnoxious things like that for hours on end to entertain ourselves in our gracious guests' homes until they want to kick us out. <laughs> and me and him were just going around saying, talking, and someone just said the line, like, uh, you know, we were arguing about the meaning of some word, and Ryan's like, fuck you, I'm anti-semantic. Uh, and from there, we just kind of picked up. We were like, that should that would be a good name for a podcast. And this was like a good year before we even actually sat down to do the podcast. So we just kind of clung to that and built around that idea. <laughs> uh, and then when we came back, we were like, well, we should change the name. And then we never came up with anything and then, like, every, every couple weeks it comes up where we're like, we'll change the name. It's like, yeah, but we're too deep into investing in this name now. Like, that's our <laughs> name. So we can't change it. It's like, but eventually maybe down the line we'll think of changing it. So it's, you know, whatever. We're idiots. Well, the longer <laughs> the longer you commit to it, the harder it's going to be to change, as I'm sure yeah, you've realized. <laughs> absolutely. And, and that's kind of half the fun, you know. We're just stupid. <laughs> So now, how did the uh, the four of you get together in the first place? Are you uh, all friends? You go to school together? Uh, well, me and Ryan went to college together up at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, mm-hmm. New York, uh, and we both were uh, had shows at the radio station there. So we did our little, you know, once a week, twice a week shows, and then he became president of the radio station, and we went to school for broadcasting and production. And, uh, you know, got out of school and realized that, hey, terrestrial radio's dead. Good choice of career, guys. <laughs> so, you know, in between our drudgery of just, you know, working our nine-to-five office jobs or retail jobs or whatever we've been working, we decided, hey, you know, let's try this podcasting thing. Uh, Drew just kind of happened to be at the bar when we were discussing it one night and invited himself to be part of the show. <laughs> uh and then Prado, we just got involved because he was like, when he heard we started doing it in the early going on, he was like, yeah, I want to come, I want to come do that one time. And so we did a whole thing where Drew walked out of the show and Prado just came on and pretended to be Drew. And if you listen to the show, you know that like their voices are nowhere near the same <laughs> and like their personalities are nowhere near the same. So we just tried to play it off that like Prado was Drew for a while and then Drew came back and we just decided to run with four people. Uh, Prado seems to be the guy that's always on Twitter. <laughs> always. Yeah, he loves Twitter. Um, I don't. I don't know what it, like. Personally, I I don't understand why I, two of three fourths of the anti-semantic show was unemployed up until this week. Oh really? So yeah. Uh, Rich just got went back to work because he was out of work for reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
But, you know, we have two guys who are just unemployed and just will not do anything with the social media for some reason. Uh, and then I basically, I like, I start to use Twitter for, like, five seconds and I get bored. True. Like, immediately. It's like, I, it's like I try to read everything and then I'm like, there's 5,000 new tweets. I'm not sitting here. I will never catch up. I hate my life. <laughs> and sign off. That's why if you follow me on Twitter, at Rich Pinder, <laughs> little plug there. Uh yeah, I post like once a year. But I don't think uh, everybody in podcasting understands the value of really kind of hitting the social media as hard as you can without, of course, driving people crazy with just plugging yourself. Prado, I, I guess he, he puts us out there and he's constantly on it, but he's not really inundating people with like, listen to Anti-Semantic Show, listen to Anti-Semantic Show. So you guys advertise yourself, and I've mentioned this before when I played your clips, as four assholes with microphones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after being, um, I was going to say on the air, but having your podcast for, uh, several years now, is there somewhere you guys tend to go with the show every time or is it just kind of a crapshoot? Um, it really is a crapshoot nine times out of 10 every week. So there's a definite formula almost because every week we will start off talking about what we did for the week. But then from from that we'll just let it build, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Whatever we have, we have this whiteboard. Uh, we're very unprofessional in the amount that we reference that the whiteboard exists <laughs> and what we're doing with the whiteboard. But you do have a whiteboard, which is we do have a whiteboard. At and least we sit, more than most. <laughs> yeah, and we sit down every week before the show, and we bring we all bring news stories to the show, and we're like, oh, you know, we read about this news and that news. And then we just start talking and ignore the whiteboard completely unless we run out of stuff to talk about. So it, it tends to go in its own way. Um, sometimes we'll get you know deeply political and talk about things that we find offensive. And sometimes we'll just joke around about dead grandmas. I mean, there's really no limits to us. We, we don't – like most people worry about things like focusing on content and making a cohesive product. Not us. have the guys on the show started to sort of define who their character is in the show or is it just four voices talking um we have some definition i I mean drew is obnoxious to say the least uh and that's just kind of who he is uh, he's not even acting there that's who he is in real life uh you know ryan's kind of uh, we've always kind of looked at it like Ryan's the straight guy. I'm the. I'm always trying to be the opposite point of view to everyone, so that we can provide some sort of conflict to the discussions. Uh, Drew is the guy who. Uh, I don't really know. What, uh, Drew tries to pretend he's the talent, <laughs> uh, and just he's just ridiculous as a human being to begin with. So like, you put a mic in front of him, and it just gets worse. And then uh, Prado God, he's just. I don't know. He he he's we we call him the Fred Norris of our podcast. Like <laughs> he's not always there. He's not always up front. Uh, but you can rely on him that two or three times an episode he'll chime in, and when he says something, people will usually listen because it's the first thing he said, and it's usually a good little quip that he'll have to it. So he's sort of like your utility filter. Yeah, he's just the guy when we all run out of stuff to say. 
he is that one girl on the volleyball team that can set it for the big Amazonian chick to spike it over. You <laughs> so, know? so you guys are uh, you're sort of um, painting a picture of you guys as a girls volleyball team. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we all shower naked together and stuff, too. It's weird. All right, let's take a little break so we can hear a little bit of the actual anti-semantic show. This is a clip from episode 99. They had the chili festival and the uh, barbecue festival here on Staten Island. The chili con carnival? Yeah, the chili festival, not so fun. They were at historic Richmond Town. Oh, that's lame. It's a lame place to be. Chili festival, not so fun. Had a barbecue afterwards. Pretty good. Oh, so you had a barbecue. Yeah. I thought you went to a barbecue thing after the chili festival. No, I was saying surprise barbecue at my house, man. Uh, I thought you had like an extra, like an extra, like, oh, here's your chili section, there's your barbecue section. No. And the next day it rained and we went to the chili, to the barbecue festival with me and Lacey and Ryan. Ugh. It was awesome, but it was so rainy and Yeah, it was just rainy and wet and like lots of pulled pork. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) They had a lot of crazy food there, like crazy barbecue stuff. Not crazy so much as just really good. Yeah. Like, a lot of it was good. I didn't have anything that I was just like, this is gross. Yeah. There was <laughs> one or two where I was just like, meh, whatevs. But everything was pretty fucking good, and I drank a lot of beers. Yeah. And then and we, we, we went came to my house. Our, well, we came up with our own meme. <laughs> yeah. We came up with a Beer Jesus, because Beer Jesus is important to all of us. Okay. I really so uh, we're going to start putting Beer Jesus memes over pictures of Keith Stone. <laughs> I think that's the idea. Yes. Wow. So we're looking at this lighter that Richie has, I they guess. Sell like this? It's and a mustache lighter. It, 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 you can put it over your lip and it makes you look like you have a mustache, a fake That's mustache. That's incredible. That's pretty badass, huh? Yeah. It's the new hipster thing, fake mustaches on things. Yeah, dude. Where'd you find this? That's upside down. I actually <laughs> I, I accidentally ganked it from somebody in Potown. Oh, so of course, else it's from Potown. That makes sense. Yeah. That, like, That's a cool lighter, though. Thank you. Yeah. I, I went home from Ryan's house on Friday with a weird lighter. Yeah, like, I, I ended up with a couple of weird lighters that day, too. And it's all, like, ghettoed out with, like, a, like one of those fake Ed Hardy-looking motherfucking nah. things. It says, like, go for it or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, man. Go for it or some shit. Or some shit. <laughs> That's what it actually says. Wouldn't that be awesome motivated? That would be a green tattoo. Like, uh, <laughs> apathetic, uh... Um, apathetic... Ed Hardy. <laughs> apathetic Ed Hardy... De- <laughs> Uh, uh, demotionals. What do they call them? Demotivational. Apathetic Ed Hardy demotivational posters where it's like, achieve something, or you don't have to, I guess. <laughs> you know, or something. Hang in there, or just fully at death. I, I mean, I, I don't care less. I can care less, you know. Grab your dreams or another beer, fucking drunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care. <laughs> whatever you want to do Matt just M-E-H period do whatever you want or do nothing I really <laughs> whatever man you got free time you got free time you don't mom or that lady who raised you or whoever who cares <laughs> she sounds nice probably <laughs> come on come on in addition to having a day job you're also a uh, stand up comic right? yeah I do a little bit of comedy I, I'm mostly uh Middling on open mics and stuff at the moment and doing some uh, bringer shows, things like that. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you see that as a career path? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, I don't see it as not a career path. Uh-huh. Uh, I just see it as something that uh, I, I take it every, I, I guess, one day at a time with it. Um, 
I, I mean, I get so frustrated with kind of some parts of it, but but I also I'm I'm addicted to the audience response. So I'll like get fed up and just be like, I'm done. I'm not doing it, and then leave it dead for like two three months, and then all of a sudden just be like. Man, I really got, I got a good idea for a joke, and all of a sudden I'll start showing up at the open mics again, and then develop something and start doing shows again, and work from there. Um, yeah, I mean, career-wise, if I could turn it into, you know, maybe like learn how to actually be funny without being vulgar, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your uh, comedy influences? Uh, um, well, the whole reason I started doing comedy was because of Lewis Black. Uh, mm-hmm. I happened. Uh, I'm not sure if you had it on your show or I someone did. else. The, yeah, it was your you. obsession with Lewis Black. Yeah, the whole <laughs> I took acid and decided I could do comedy. Uh, definitely love uh, uh, George Carlin. Old George Carlin, old uh, Dennis Leary were big influences on my eventual love. Uh, Bill Hicks. I absolutely love Bill Hicks, and I love Mitch Hedberg, and I th- and uh, Jim Norton, and I feel like. Those, well, not so much. Bill Hicks, now I'm trying to work more of, like, that smarter angle. But I feel like I kind of did more of a, like, when I was first writing, it was a lot of trying to do, like, the Mitch Hedberg Mm one-liners with the Jim Norton-style filthiness. (laughs) And that was a lot of, like, what my original material was, was just pages and pages of one-liners. And now I find myself more trying to be like, hey, Bill Hicks actually put some thought into this, and so did George Carlin. Maybe you could do that. So uh, yeah, I mean consistency is also key. You know, the stopping and starting. Um, and I'm just saying this from a guy who's been in and around the stand-up world for a long time and book comics and ran mm-hmm. clubs and stuff like that. Uh, is uh, you need to fight that frustration to walk away. You know, because yeah. <laughs> um, if you can hang in there, that's when you really start to break through and and uh, your act becomes more bulletproof. The uh, road to podcasting is littered with like five or six episode shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the people just kind of didn't have the confidence. They said, well, there's no listeners. And the <laughs> truth of the matter is, until you get out there, you're not going to have listeners. Uh, I'm surprised anybody listens to us. We've got Absolutely. Here. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, every time that we uh, – every time I check the numbers – for our downloads, I'm just like, there's some mistake here. Nobody's actually downloading this. <laughs> I think I, I think the key is uh, with everything you do in life, like so many people are like, I'm going to do this because I want to, you know, people will go to college and be like, I'm going to be a doctor because I want to make a bunch of money or, you know, I want to be a lawyer because that's the secure financial path, things like that. It, it's really, if you're going to do something, if you don't do it for the absolute love of it first, for just to please yourself, then why why would anybody else want to hear it? You know, you, you have point. to. You really have to love what you do, or else it's just it'll never come across in anything you do. Yeah, very true. Now, are you a, um, a big listener to other podcasts? Um, not as big as I'd like to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, my problem is, uh, I've tried. Uh, listening to podcasts, I used to listen to podcasts a lot when uh, when when I was working on Staten Island. Since I started working in Manhattan, it's like when I get on the bus, I just fall asleep. <laughs> and and like so, like I'll put on a podcast, and all of a sudden, it's just I'm just sleeping, and I'm like, you know, a guys from Skeletor's mouthpiece, or uh, you know, D Head Factor, or just 
fucking with my dreams, and that's just not healthy. <laughs> just last thing you want is a bunch of pissed off Australians in your ear when you're sleeping. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, now they've uh, started to get to know more and more podcasters. They don't really have that much time to listen to other podcasts. Um, And it can be educational now that I've had to listen to a lot of podcasts. (laughs) Um, It's uh, hearing sort of the mistakes other people make. And you also get good ideas for features and things like that without ripping people off. But it's it can be inspirational. Well, without a doubt, I mean, when we first started out, part of the reason that uh, me and Ryan got the idea where uh, we were listening to uh, a couple of podcasts we were, uh, at the time. Uh, Mediocre Show was uh, just getting big at the time. They they were in their early hundreds for episodes. Uh, show Nobody Likes Onions, Guy Patrick Melton out of mm-hmm. uh, Florida. We were we were big into that one. And then uh, Penn Jillette was doing his daily radio show and releasing it as a podcast. And we were listening to that every day. Yeah, And just... You know, every now and then, anything in between that was usually related with those guys, we'd give it a shot. So, I mean, that really, I guess, early on helped form what we became or what our sound was and what our voice was Mm -hmm. podcasting-wise. Now, I mean, Richie big-time listens to a lot of podcasts. Drew listens to a few, but they're mostly wrestling podcasts. (laughs) Prado listens to everyone. You know, he's he's the guy that really listens to everyone. He has the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, when he's on Twitter, he's doing it. Ryan uh, listens to some podcasts when whenever he gets the fancy. And I try to listen to anyone that we're going to have on our show, anyone that we're going to talk to. I, I try to listen to at least two or three of their podcasts so I can mm. be somewhat knowledgeable before I talk to them. And how, how often do you guys have guests on? Uh, we've become a little more frequent with that. We were, we weren't doing it for the longest time. And when we did, it was just like, you know, us having our friends call in and, you know, circle jerk, um, <laughs> you know, the comedian, the podcasters below us. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but now we, we try to do it about every week. Um, you know, once in a while we don't have one, anybody now, but pretty much every week we have someone new on, uh, so far we've had, uh, this girl ali spagnola who's been really good um we have some really interesting ones and like people who have something to say and then occasionally for some reason just these people who have no reason to actually be on the show (laughs) (laughs) just people where it's like what do you do and it's like well i uh i have a bucket and it's like that's really cool what about this bucket and they just tell you about their bucket for 20 minutes and then it's like great i'm deleting that and (laughs) so how much prep do you guys do for the show other than the whiteboard (laughs) the old whiteboard uh we we do a bit when when we're going to interview someone we try to do as much uh prep for that as possible you know I, i try to go and find out as much as possible about people um Prado does some pre-screening, so he'll talk to the people for like half an hour before the show, and then uh, when we get them on, we'll talk to them. Uh, really, all in all, the actual prep work for the show, maybe four or five hours. We you know, we independently research the stories, bring them all to each other, talk about what we're going to do, uh, try to bullshit ideas back and forth, anything we can come up with for bits. Oh, um, so, you know, we, we do a bit. Most of the time, we... We meet up at Ryan's at 6 p.m. and then start recording by 
uh, 7.38, and then we're done at, like, 11. So, and then, you know, chat throughout the week. And then who does the actual uh, physical production of the show? It's all me. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I, I spend, uh, I've got it down to a science, so I can't complain as much as I used to at this point. Uh, God bless technology, because all the improvements they've made to some of the softwares have made my job that much easier. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a- any show I go through, I, I'm the one that does all the cutting up, posting, uh, getting it uploaded, things like that. Richie handles anything with, he, he'll go on Twitter and blast it out, but everything on Facebook and stuff is me. And uh, for the podcasters who listen to Suckatash, what's uh, your equipment layout like? What, what kind of mics and mixers, that sort of thing? Uh, currently, we're using a PV 10-channel USB 5-watt mixer. Uh, we bought that when we first started. Uh, really good, just direct USB connection into the computer. We record on Adobe Audition. Uh, mm-hmm. All the production's done through Adobe Audition. Um, we use two MXL 990 mics, really good condenser mics that are relatively cheap. Uh, I think we paid 60 for one, and then we paid 100 for the other, but it came with the third mic we use, which is a 991, which is technically a drum mic, but it works really well for <clears throat> vocals as well. Uh, and then our fourth mic is, it's actually a live audio mic. It's a Shure SM57A beta, which is what I used to use when I uh, was in a band singing, and I am just totally nerding out right now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right. I mean, there's, you know, people are get kind of uh, into their equipment, so I figured that would be helpful for them to get a little bit more specific picture. Then we, we feed directly in and uh, record the line in on, on the Ryan's computer, transfer it over to a thumb drive, I bring it home, and I edit it uh, on my home computer, and then upload it uh we mix down to a sample rate of what is it it's 96 6 i want to say megahertz and uh 96 megabits per second to save some space because it doesn't really lose any fidelity with the audit with uh vocals on that yeah that's pretty much it all right cool (laughs) thank you let's talk about monetization which is of course the big uh question and bugaboo about doing this podcast thing in the first place you know most of us got into it because we wanted to do a show and try it out and do something and then the question remains how am i going to make some money at this at least enough to pay for my time spent and this equipment i'm using it's yeah i mean that's a huge thing i mean the investment of all the equipment and the hosting for a year, you know, what you pay in hosting, I'm sure you know, is ridiculous fees between the website and the actual podcast host. Uh, Monetization is something that we're still trying to figure out. Um, I I mean, everybody throws up donate buttons, and luckily a lot of podcasting fans are very generous. (laughs) I, you know, I, I find that a lot of people, you know, they'll throw you a couple bucks because you're throwing them entertainment and stuff like that. Uh, Really, I think, it's like with any other independent art that the way you're going to make your money is uh, merchandising. Mm-hmm. And and the problem with merchandising is it's it's a big initial investment. I mean, we're looking at trying to – I see you guys have got your Succotash shirts and stuff now. Sure. Um, we're looking at trying to go you know, do anti-semantic show shirts. Um, one that's tough because a lot of people are going to walk around in public and get cursed at. 
Yes. Because it looks like anti-Semitic show. <laughs> uh, but that's also going to be really good publicity when they have to explain it to people that, you know, well, no, it's anti-Semitic show. It's a podcast. So it'll be a conversational piece for them sure. to have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we haven't really figured it. I mean, commercialization, uh, you know, trying to get people to advertise on uh, on the show is a possibility that we're looking into right now. Uh, when we find that magic combination of things that actually result in us getting more than $10, we'll let you know. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, my producer and I are always talking about how to make it pay and whatnot. Um, a lot of stuff that I'm seeing now is people doing Kickstarter uh, and trying to raise money that way. Not a bad idea. Uh, it works for some people, but mm -hmm. I, I think that everyone's going to, you know, with the success of some of the projects that have come out of there, uh, such as uh, the recent video game that was done by, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was Take-Two and uh, you know, Cards Against Humanity. There's a lot of people who are just successfully managing Kickstarter that I think it's going to become even harder to make money there. Yeah. Uh, I think the one place I found, we just found a website recently. Uh, I think it was Fiverr.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, Fiverr.com... It's interesting because you can just go on and advertise a server, ser anything service that you can provide and be like, for $5, I will do this. So that's one thing we've been looking at is like, you know, maybe we go on there and just be like, you know, for $5, we will make you a 30-second uh, ad for your show. Hmm. You know, and then the website takes a dollar and you get paid $4. And, you know, if you could do 20 of them, then, hey, you're, you're well on your way. You made $80. Yeah, there you go. Here's a question that just occurred to me, and I wonder whether anybody really does this, but do the four of you guys sit down and listen back to episodes and be critical about what you guys are putting out? Uh, Prado listens to our show. Mm -hmm. I used to a lot, and then, like I told you, there's nothing worse than hearing my own voice talking to me while I'm sleeping on the bus. It's it's just haunting, <laughs> you know. Uh, <clears throat> we used to do a lot more. I, I I tend to listen a little bit while I'm doing the the editing and stuff. You know, while I'm going in, I'll I'll listen to it a little bit. But uh, for the most part, what we'll do is after the show is really kind of review what we thought worked, what we thought didn't, what we need to work on, and then the next week before the show, talk about what we want to do to make it a little bit better. So. <clears throat> Maybe not explicitly listening back and then doing it, but uh, taking notes as we go along, we definitely do. Where do you guys think the show's going to go in terms of style or you know frequency, things like that? Well, right now we're we're still doing once a week. Uh, we're actually this week we'll be recording our 100th episode official. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we've recorded way more than 100 episodes. We're probably more around like 115 at this point, but like some of them we didn't number. Uh, one of them, we have two episode 87s, 87A and 87B, because we couldn't release the first 87 because of stuff that happened. And then <laughs> we, we released it last week to, in honor of like, you know, to stall. Uh, <laughs> doing a hundred episode, we're we're trying to really develop. I, I guess I, I would almost say more professionalism. <laughs> okay, like we're trying we're trying to get there. Uh, 
you know, we're, and, and by by using that term, what uh, specifically are you talking about? Oh God, just we need to stop. We have a tendency to cut each other off a lot. Uh, we we are working on trying to fix that. Um, little things like up until uh, you're gonna hear like on the hundredth episode. Uh, we actually did a interview this week for that episode with uh, comedian Seton Smith. Very funny comedian out of Brooklyn. Really great guy. He's uh, He just recently opened up for Bill Burr. Uh, he was on the Opie and Anthony virus tour. He, I've seen, I first met him because I went to see Jim Norton and he opened for him. We had him on our comedy show headlining last year. Uh, can't say enough about the guy. So there's a shameless plug for someone else out there. That's great. <laughs> uh but uh, he abused the ever-living hell out of us for the way we had our recording set up because for a while what we were doing was we had our four mics. But, like, right now, you're being very professional and you're using Skype. And and, and the sound quality is really good with Skype. And and that's a smart move. <laughs> we, we did not use Skype. We were setting up a cell phone in the middle of our recording studio table. Uh <laughs> And screaming into the into the mics while screaming at the cell phone and hoping and then and then the cell phone audio would play through the soundboard, record on, and go through our headsets. Uh, I'm ashamed that we did it that way, but we didn't have any we didn't have internet hookup. And, and here's a testament to how awesome some of my co-hosts are. Uh, we had a wireless card the entire time, not even one that you had to pull apart the computer and install, but like one that plugs into the USB port. Yeah. And nobody would set it up so that we could have Skype. <laughs> like, we're just pathetic, drunk human beings sometimes. Oh, that but level of professionalism. That okay. level of professionalism <laughs> needs to improve. So you'll hear, 101st episode, Skype. <laughs> We've got it. All right. All right. Yeah, we're finally getting up. We're moving up in the world using right. free internet software that's been available for four years. Yeah, welcome to 2006. Yeah. Hey, irony, Skype is available on the phone. How about that one? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rich, anything else you want to tell uh, your listeners or potential listeners um, about uh, what they can look forward to with the anti-semantic show? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, if you like laughing at ridiculous things, making fun of people who don't deserve it. <laughs> We're probably the podcast for you. Uh, we also make fun of people who do deserve it, though, in all Excellent. fairness. <laughs> Excellent. And your your episodes typically drop what day of the week? Uh, we usually release on Friday mornings, evening, fr- late late Thursday, early Friday. We like, we like to give you that Friday morning commute listen. Nice. And your home site URL is probably better off going to anti.libsyn.com and just checking out the Libsyn blog. Uh, our main website needs some work. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're on iTunes. Yep, we're on iTunes. Search Anti-Semantic Show. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash anti-semantic show. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Twitter, anti-semantic show without the O. And when you search anti-semantic show, uh, unless it's a web address or the Twitter name, it has a dash between anti and semantic. Okay, okay that's good to know. <laughs> I guess that helps. And uh, I guess the last question is, w- with the acronym of ASS, was that intentional or it just happened? Uh, it just kind of happened. One day we were sitting around wondering what to call our fans. <laughs> and. Because, like, we we were listening to the Mediocre Show a lot, and the Mediocre Show has the Mediocre Nation 
you know, and uh, the Distorted View Daily had uh, has the freak show where all the fans are a major. So we're sitting around and we're like, what if we just get a bunch of hats and write ass across it and just call our fans ass hats? (laughs) And just totally just, uh, and, you know, just kind of we started using ass a lot after that. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. All right, Rich, thanks so much for your time. Mark, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely, and continued success with the Anti-Semantic Show. Thank you, and the same with Succotash. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks again to Rich Pinder for his uh, time. Make sure you give the Anti-Semantic Show a listen. I think I will be a guest on their show before too very long. And uh, always glad to, uh, to talk to Rich and find out what's going on on the other side of the country. It is time now for a promo from the Mental Overload Show. I don't need to say much because, well, it's all right here. Yo, the Mental Overload Show is great. Always great. It's funny. It's very funny. We want to give every listener that what the fuck look. And we do that with our original content because our topics are unlike no other. We, we don't do the mainstream media thing. We do shit that people have to deal with every day and we'll make fun of it. Oh, yeah, we talk about runaways. We talk about gorilla titties. We don't give a fuck. We talk about them blacks. We talk about them spicks. We talk about them whites. We talk about everybody. Hey, everybody. Original content. We guarantee at least 12 laughs per episode. Yep. And we even talk about priests. Priests, they're great. They're, they're, they're great, great molesters. They perfected it. So if you're bored, you got some downtime, you want some mindless entertainment, check it out. Mentaloverloadshow.com. Mindless entertainment at its finest. Do it now or we'll hammer fist your grandmother in the church. That sounds nice. Woody Woodbecker was fun. What? What? Huh? Who? Oh, yeah. Mentaloverloadshow.com. Mindless entertainment at its finest. Now, I've played these next guys before, but Jerry, Chris, and Kyle, part of Cinematic Method, are back. They're playing movie clips, they're reviewing the clips, the clips, mind you, and then predicting where the actual films are going to net out on the Rotten Tomatoes website. It's a fun premise for a site, and guys that really have started to develop some really nice banter. Take it away, guys. Let me do my fun fact. Oh, bum, 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 bum. Jerry's fun fact of the day. Okay. Did you know that there's more people alive today than have ever lived in the world, the whole world's history? Are you? <laughs> Why are you doing this? That's a good. That's actually kind of interesting. Is that a good fact, you, right? Can you repeat that fact real okay. quick? Okay. There are more people alive today than have lived in the whole world's history. That's my no, that's my fact of the day. Traditionally, are these fun facts about the movies? I know this segment has not necessarily been going that long. No, but I had it was my, my impression that it would be a fun fact about the movie. Oh heavens! No. Oh no 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 no! no. And if you, and if you notice, um, the fun facts are always brought up kind of randomly whenever we're doing the podcast. We'll almost mid sentence we'll just break out into theme music and then my my fact. Yeah. So your fact is, uh, I believe, if I'm mistaken, not mistaken, is from incredibly loud or extremely loud and incredibly close. Extremely loud and incredibly close. So you're and not even going out of your way to find these. You're not. No. You're not well, researching facts. He's well, exerting no. They're effort. coming up, and I, then you're putting them in your back pocket. I came. <laughs> I came in today unprepared. And I just remembered this because what I just said is is not true. Your fact is that there are more people alive today. Seven billion people. Right. Is that not true? No, that, it's not true. Except, wait, 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 wait. Let's get this fact sussed out. Seven billion people. There are more people alive today than have ever died in the history of the world. 
than have ever existed. Than have ever existed. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and no, it's not even close to true. It's not. It's not anywhere near true. It's like it doesn't make sense that they could think that that was real. It's like off by a factor of like five hundred. That that fact is like some thing that like a guy at a party said to try and impress like a group of five girls and they were like get the hell out of here and then they checked it later and it was like that guy's an idiot why well you had me completely well that's what pissed jerry off so much when we were watching incredibly close it was the first the the first sentence it was the the very first line and it had nothing to do with the movie and it just shut me down for the movie no no matter the movie was terrible obviously but from that line on, it had no chance with Te- me. Terrible, obviously, as most Oscar-nominated movies are. Right. So that's my fun fact of the day. My well, fun fact is actually a not-true thing that I don't like was said in a movie that I also don't like. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. I have least. a fun fact that someone said to me that also isn't true. Well, this isn't your segment, is it? Did you know that fish is the only word in the English language that is both singular and plural? What about deer? Yeah. That's what I said. I said, what about deer? What about moose? And he just looked at me like, eh. <laughs> well, no. I, hey, I'm just repeating a fact here. Well, your, your fact is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Catch up with them weekly at cinematicmethod.com, also on iTunes. That brings us up to our burst o durst Our ambassador to the middle, Will Durst, talks about Mitt Romney's ho-hum supporters. Hey guys, Will Durst here to express my amazement at the quality of endorsements Mitt Romney is already racking up. Oh my god, the wild enthusiasm makes Tepid sound like a crazed bellow. Somebody better warn NASA because we are approaching new heights of apathy here. George W. Bush made his momentous announcement by saying, I'm from Mitt Romney, to an ABC News crew as the elevator doors were closing on him. Rick Santorum got around to mentioning his ringing endorsement 13 paragraphs into a 16-paragraph email to supporters that he sent out at midnight. And these are Romney's Republican buddies. You'd think their families were being held at gunpoint or something. It's been like that ever since he became the presumptive nominee. People are coming out of the woodwork with the same kind of frenzy nine-year-old girls have her Haggis-flavored ice cream studded with pickle chips. Here's some other passionate testimonials we can expect to hear over the coming weeks. Mitt Romney. Hey, we could do worse. Mitt Romney. Well, we had to go with somebody, didn't we? Mitt Romney. Only two of his five sons think he's a soulless cyborg. Not the brainwashed Romney. That was his dad. Mitt Romney. He may be out of touch with the mainstream, but he sure looks pretty good tanning on the embankment. Mitt Romney. Survived the mean streets of Bloomfield Hills. He's no John McCain. Mormons are sort of like Christians, aren't they? Mitt Romney, not that bad when you consider the alternatives. Mitt Romney, hasn't strapped a dog to the roof of his car in over 28 years. Mitt Romney, he's got gas money. Mitt Romney, a man who feels strongly about both sides of many issues. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst. Please remember to check him out at willdurst.com, also on Twitter at Will Durst. We are now, as of this moment, officially all out. 
of episode 25. That's it. No more. You can have seconds if you want. Just hit play again. Or you can get second helpings over at Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment at CWERadio.com, where they've been replaying Succotash these days. I am off to enjoy what's left of a gorgeous Maui day. While I'm gone, please remember to pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes. And even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. <laughs>